0: Design is not a pure technology or science. So let me kind of pose a crazy question. Can we major trust? Can we major love? I don't believe so. Get away from the definition of from defining enterprise design to
1: defining what it is to design at scale.
2: How could you bring new meanings? How you could transform how people perceive this kind of process and how you could not only follow the rule, but also think beyond the rule.
3: If you come in here and say that, no, this is not good, we want to get rid of this, and a lot of people feel threatened.
4: Hello, and welcome to SHINE. A podcast by Star. And in today's episode, we are going to be illuminating the topic of designing for enterprise. To help us do this, we are joined by Jenny Go, who is a market leader at IBM Garage, Hung Chiang Chen, who is the head of Lily Design Labs, and then two Star experts. We have Alex Debkaluk, head of design at Star, and then Yanwei Zheng, who is a design manager at Star. In this discussion, we cover the definition of enterprise design, why design is so important right now, the differences between designing for enterprise versus designing for consumer, how is possible to calculate the ROI on good design, and then finally, examples of enterprise design that are having a significant impact on society. Let's jump right into that discussion, and the first voice you'll hear will be that of Alex. Hi, everyone. Happy to have you here. Alex Debkaluk. I'm
1: heading Star design team in Ukraine, and I'm with Star for a while now, and over the years got to help a lot of enterprises, as well as well-established startups, innovate, transform with the help of very talented team that
0: we have here. Looking forward to our conversation. Hi, my name is Hong Hongxiang Chen. I'm delighted to be here. I'm currently leading Eli Lilly's product design team focused on regulated product and that including hardware and software. And our ambition is really using design to uh, revolutionize healthcare. Hopefully, we can bring the empathy to the industry and make product is more friendly to use and safe to use.
2: Hi, this is Jianwei Uh Currently, I'm the head of design in Tokyo and manage uh, design team across IPAC region. I just joined Star this year, but previously I have uh, enterprise application development experience in Great China region and APAC. And before that, I also served for a public project for quite a while with my own startup back then in Taiwan. So really glad to have the opportunity to join this session.
3: Hi there, everyone. I'm Jenny. I'm actually from IBM. I'm leading a team of designers and technical specialists in helping companies innovate. I used to be a biologist, but now, you know, I'm happily working in a cross-industry sectors, helping clients transform their businesses. Very nice to meet everyone here.
4: Fantastic. And I'm going to kick off with the first question, which is, Purposefully broad, and that is to the whole floor. And anybody jump forward with the answer: Why do we think design is so important right now?
0: I think design is important at the, this specific moment of time in the healthcare industry. Since I'm in here, right? I think is we are facing a challenge. It kind of systematically, like, it doesn't matter is the you know whole population's like aging structure, right? And almost every country facing similar how to say, obstacles and challenges that how can we scale the, you know, healthcare service and facing the cost is keeping hiking up and more people's life is expanding. That means more chronic disease. How can we make this more affordable, right? And not only that, how can we make this service more friendly and the product more easy to use? I think is a fundamental challenge for every country, every person that we are working with. So design is especially important now is, Knowing that this is the overall system, how to say trajectory and direction, where we need to do is empower the end user, the patients to take care of themselves. That means we need to figure out a way to make them able to live a better life in a quality life by adhering to the drug, by making their life change. None of these are easy. And. I think we can invent, uh, how do you say, marvelous like molecule as a drug to treat patients or any devices to solve the problem. However, if a user doesn't want to use that rigorously, we are, the problem is still not solved. And where is the place the designer can play is this specific area. It's about the interface between technology and solution and with the user themselves, right? This is a part of design can empower. And I do feel this is the era for healthcare. And we need to double invest in
4: here. That is, I really love the point you mentioned about design being the link between technology and solution. And it's very clear from the points that you made how important this is with healthcare. Can anybody else here uh, broaden, using that same different definition, give an example of how design is important in a different industry?
1: I think design has been important always, I would argue. It is just the times when we could ignore that or... Maybe not consider design over because the expectations of customers are higher. You no longer are the only company with a solution on the market, no longer a monopoly. No matter how big you are, you're challenged by smaller startups, new companies appearing. So everything kind of has to have a good design to have the competitive edge. But importantly, a link to the end user and consumer who these days is very vocal. Whether you're in a transportation sector, say public transit or mobility, users that are not happy with your services will be very vocal. Social media, which quickly connects to press, messages blow up, and any poor design is immediately very visible. People are sm- surrounded by so, many, so much of good design that anyone stands out and it's a big risk not to invest in design, I'd say.
2: I think design nowadays why it becomes more how say become the buzzword is because technology uh, like uh, over dominate our daily life and obviously when we work in our like a uh, career we will use all kinds of technologies not only as a consumer but also as a employees in the company but in a way as the like professionals in the information technology industry, you can easily find that the decision-making process inside the enterprise would be somehow like uh, disconnected with how all these solutions are built. So these things make design become far more important because previously maybe designs can only consider as part of the like a product development process. Maybe it serve for like a, as a supportive role in the marketing, or it serve as like a supportive role in like a, a requirement definitions. But now, design is somehow considered as like a catalyst or like some kind of, say, facilitation methodologies, or sometimes it becomes a new bridge. Because previously, maybe people will not consider designer could be part of the decision-making process, or people will not consider design will become a driver for business innovation. But in nowadays, as uh, uh, design become a new catalyst, as I mentioned, or a new bridge or facilitators in the process. I think this is why design becomes so important, and it already goes beyond like a traditional aesthetic considerations, or like just for shape or tangible or CMF, this kind of thing.
4: We're here to talk about enterprise design, but. Being not from the divine world myself, it isn't 100% clear to me what we mean by the term enterprise divine. So I have one definition here that I'm going to share. Enterprise software is computer software to satisfy the needs of an organization rather than individual users. So again, this is focused on software design. Do we agree with that definition of enterprise software or enterprise divine for the point of this conversation?
3: Maybe since I work in an IT company, I might as well kickstart this question. So I think traditionally, yes, what you just mentioned might be true, that this is a common definition for enterprise software, enterprise design. But of late, I think that enterprise design is starting to close the gaps with consumer product design, right? Traditionally, people think of enterprise design as just satisfying an organization's needs, but organization is made up of people, made up of users, right? You would see that in a lot of organizations, the procurement is the department that decides what to buy because they have a budget, right? They might buy something that they think is good, right? But they ignore the fact that what are the needs of your users, right? In an organization, right? Also, I guess, to extend the point of enterprise software a little bit, it's not always about designing a piece of software, or it's not always about using a piece of software to resolve a problem, a challenge that you're facing, right? Sometimes it also involves just redesigning the experience of how the users or employees in an organization approach certain tasks.
1: I would probably want to almost get away from the definition of, from defining enterprise design to defining what it is to design at scale. Sort of because a lot of enterprise design work is really about designing at scale, whether it's tools for very big organizations or tools that end up impacting millions and millions of lives. So I would define enterprise software as probably that really products at scale, products that are needed, that are maybe used by not so many users, but that really with a big impact. Like it's for controlling major infrastructure, solutions, tools, machinery, huge logistical chains. So approaching design and enterprise, I think as practitioners, we need to exercise extreme care, attention to detail. and. Really looking at all of the users and all of the participants of that flow. As Jenny rightly said there, we need to pay very close attention to users within enterprises, outside of enterprises, all, all the lives impacted, which adds to complexity, but also to
0: that fun of designing for enterprise, I think. I think enterprise design, I mean, let's kind of put the, the enterprise design aside. I think I like the what Alex defined in the previous, why design is important. Because design is so ubiquitous now in everyday life, right? I mean, good design raises a bar. It doesn't matter in which design industry you're in. So I'm not sure that, you know, you need to be so separate. Oh, this is specific for enterprise design. But I do agree with Jenny too. Like, I mean, all design art mainly tries to solve the people's problem. Right? It doesn't matter which industry you're in. And even enterprise design solve the problem for the user who uses the product. Where I would say the difference between the enterprise design and the rest is, first of all, Alex hit it on scale, right? I mean, a lot of time we want to have the product like considering the usability part and to make sure it's consistency. So that means once people learn about a product that everybody can use the same way to design the same product for different service in the enterprise. So it's scalable, right? That actually save a lot of money and efficiency for the company. And the other one I would say is I won't limit it to software because I think a lot of design opportunities are laid on service as well. So I think those are the two parts we will hit on. And I think there's, again, a huge opportunity. But I think for my personal experience in healthcare lens is the separation of the user and the decision maker and how many degrees separation it is. And that actually makes this design challenging. Like what Jenny mentioned, the decision maker not always the one using the product. And their decision matrix is very different from how users are using it. And as a designer, we need to consider both to make it successful. And that's the challenge we're
4: facing. Okay, so it seems like the consensus here in the group is that we should leave the label of enterprise design behind and move forward with a different label. My next question was going to be, what is the difference between enterprise design or designing at scale and designing for the consumer? But I think, Shang you just touched upon a core difference here that I'd like to explore a little bit more, which is the distance between the person who is using the software and the person who's making the decision whether they should use the software. So if you would like to share some more or anyone else would like to jump into that distinction a little bit more.
0: Sure. Happy to share from Healthcare Lens.
4: I think from
0: healthcare lens, I mean, let's just talk about the, the decision chain. It's a very long decision chain. Okay, a product developed, it, need a regulatory body to get approval. Then you need a payer, insurance company, to buy it and willing to pay for it, reimburse it. Then you need a hospital willing to adopt the solution. You need to doctor willing to prescribe, and nurse willing to educate the user, and user willing to use, and of course, pharmacy need to adopt, right? So it's a very long value chain you're talking about. And so by designing the solution purely for the user, will be too naive to believe the rest of the value chain that they will be buying. So almost at the get going, then to think about the design solution, we as a designer in this industry have to think systematically. Like, first of all, how can I design a solution that can cover all this base need? And what's their pinpoint? And if the solution can cover all of them, ideally, then I think there will be like a less barrier for you to sell the idea and make the system to adopt the idea, right? But that's not always the case. So that's the the balance we are playing along the journey with the product owner and also stakeholders along the journey. And the other challenge we're facing is every countries have different type of regulation and the practice, even treat the same disease. That means how do we design in scale also challenge not only the language difference, but also the practice difference that we need to understand in order to well design. So I think the context is very important for design. So we need to, as a designer, in order to deliver a good design, we need to understand the context and the boundary. And I think that's a major difference between the enterprise or design and scale compared to design for consumer product because product, for consumers, they are the ultimate decision maker, money out from their pocket. And if they are buying, end of a deal. But that's not the case for healthcare industry.
2: Yeah, maybe I can add a little bit there. So far, I think within these two decades, or maybe from the late uh, 1980s, survey design becomes another new world, entering the design field. So I think uh, this is also re- like uh, reflecting what Hongshan just mentioned, because why service design becomes important is because all the process inside organizations becomes much more complex. And obviously, in the business-to-business business world, most of these kind of process could be interlinked. So you could not design other companies' process, right? So you have to follow that, or you have to follow the regulations. So how could you really, like, a bridging all these kind of different opinions or even, like, a regulation or, like, a constraints? So this makes design become much more complex not only for the end software, because all the software was serving for the process. So if you could not really handle the process, how could you build a good software? Because the software could not solve the complexity already <laughs> hidden in the process. So I think this would be the like a real challenge is that when you enter the field of the design for scale or design for enterprise, because you are not only serving for your own, you are serving for many others and many other companies as well.
1: I think especially interesting is the area of projects in the spaces that are highly regulated, like healthcare or another example will come to mind in automotive, where we can think of all kinds of exciting AI-powered experiences, say for drivers, but then we need to consider safety. We need to consider so many other factors that are surrounding the vehicle and the different factors, human factors that go into people in the cockpit, passengers, et cetera. So it is, I think one other thing top of my mind is really paramount in enterprise design is communicating the change. When we're thinking about the new experience, we need to map it out thoroughly. We need to create advanced, big maps and uh, diagrams that will really show how the different steps and participants are impacted. We need to be ready to tell stories, like repeat one and the same story to multiple audiences and each time maybe adjust it to the right audience. Like if you're talking to an insurance company and it's important to convince them that this change is really going to bring a lot of value to the patient or end customer you frame that workshop or that session in a certain way. Another day, you need to convince a top manager in your company, your customer's company. You might need to bring some numbers to show what the change will bring. But another thing that really design can help enterprise achieve is uh, telling a story so that people can connect on an emotional level. Enterprises are traditionally not considered very emotional, right? But when you show that vision of an improved experience for end user, and it's vivid, it's powered by a prototype, live video, by some storytelling, alongside with some facts, numbers, and uh, a clear plan how to execute. I think that's important in an uh, enterprise setting, just selling up the idea, the concept. I just constantly find that as important and as just sitting down and doing good design work and craftsmanship, communication is paramount, in my opinion. What do you guys
4: think? All right. So when we're designing, either in an enterprise or at scale, there are a number of things that can get in the way. It could be old antiquated technology, or it could be internal politics. What are the other barriers that can get in the way of designers designing effectively at scale? Well, this is a hard topic. Which one do you want to start? <laughs> I think, I mean, to design this
0: enterprise, I think let's just kind of just facing this, right? Just as I mentioned, at least in the healthcare, there are so many stakeholders. And just by that, it's a challenge because everybody's success metrics is different, right? And the priority becomes very hard to decide which metrics is more important than the other. And they all have certain impact to your end product, right? For me, I would say the barrier is the team alignment of what is success look like. Sometimes we will say end user experience is awesome and important. However, then along the journey, then we'll learn that, okay, it seems high level we agree, but in the detail, that's not true, right? For instance, cost, for instance, manufacturability, for instance, regulation policies, right? Et cetera, et cetera, and even scalability. Right. Should we more tailor towards personalization or should we more tailor towards standardization? And there will be a tons of battles, like just like many other design. But I think the challenge is in the look back to consumer sector. Like we can go directly after consumer and say, Here are the options. What do you like? Or you can do A B test in the market randomly and you'll get feedback. But all this may not be the best way or cannot solve the tension that in this kind of large-scale design we are facing because it's one part of the voice and one part of the equation. And there will be always a tension between the you know different metrics balance. So I think that is, for me, at least based on my current position and experience so far in different organizations, has been the biggest barrier to align everybody on the success metrics and using that guiding principle all the way to the end. To deliver the design,
3: yeah. And if I may add, just want to echo on what um, Hung Xiang just said, right? So, well, the other thing is that you know, regarding different types of users, right? A lot of enterprises we know that they're still operating on legacies, right? And you know, oftentimes, right, some organizations, and I'm speaking from example, right? They write their own. Let's say, just to come back to the software part a little bit, right? Like they wrote their own software, right? And maybe those are very not-so-friendly UI, right? Because it was designed like more than 10, 15 years ago, but because they wrote this piece of software, so this whole team kind of have like a mandate to maintain the software and let it continue to live on, right? And if you come in here and say that, no, this is not good, we want to get rid of this, right? And... A lot of people feel threatened. They might not even, uh, they might lose their job because maintaining the software, upgrading the features is part of their job. That's what they're here for, right? So that's one of the challenge that I see in a lot of enterprise, right? Also, the other point may not be directly related, but I think that in this case, leadership is very important. I can share my personal experience. Like I actually joined IBM at the right time when the previous CEO, you know, she she realized the importance of design and that kind of realization, right, trickles down from the senior leadership, right? So design is actually infused in our whole organization. Of course, that is not to say that, you know, everybody practices it. There are still people who, you know, are resistant to it. You will still encounter pushbacks, but I see it being more effective when leadership emphasizes the importance of design. So designers actually have a lot of say in our organization. So so I think if leadership gets maybe enabled or educated on the importance of design, it may change the way we want to design for enterprises. Yeah.
2: I think there is an interesting follow-up related to that because nowadays, sometimes people will discuss about like the UX maturity of the organization, right? So (laughs) the maturity level also reflects how difficult or how challenging it will be if you want to implement something in the way of design or even like how people perceive design. Yeah, for example, like uh, previously, when I still work in like, more like uh, infrastructure related projects. Most of the like client I need to serve is the IT department inside a company. And obviously all these people, mm, they themselves are also suffering from the decision making process because they are considered as a supportive role and they hardly could drive anything on their own. So, <laughs> so if we consider in this way, even though uh, as a designer we want to help them, but they don't really have a say, a, hu- a big say inside the organization, so it's also hard to cover them that without any other stakeholder to like uh, be part of the project. So on the other hand, in start in a way as a design agency, somehow we could start from the like upstream. So let's make things a little bit uh, sometimes easier because uh, you might be able to reach the like main stakeholder in the business unit, and you might be able to be part of the process in the beginning. So I think uh, based on these kind of two different variations of our clients, you can also see how design is perceived because they might consider totally differently.
1: I think, you know what, kind of having empathy for very different participants of the process and teams is very important because a lot of times when you see an enterprise setting, Sometimes you see teams that have a lot of power, but not necessarily a very clear direction, so they reach out, help internally. You might see on the opposite end, teams that don't feel empowered. The thing that, you know, change is not really possible, or things were a certain way for so long, probably nothing is going to change. And then from the top, There is that uh, kind of guidance. We need to change. We need to improve. And some of the people in different silo departments might just not really get that that message is addressed at them, to them. So I think big role of design teams, design leaders is really facilitating the change. It's empowering people. It's, I think, a lot of work with communication building bridges is sort of... um, Maybe it was never part of the job description of a designer, but it ended up being that. Because we can communicate with very different teams. We can come in with an open mind, ask a lot of questions, learn, translate from one team language into end consumer language or the language of top business decision makers to really make that change. And I think it's, of course, not an easy job to take that kind of a leading role in the change process, digital transformation process. But if we do it right, and if we really empower people, it sort of, again, it's boils down to facilitation. I think designers can achieve a lot there, but we shouldn't be replacing though a lot of decision makers. It's more about connecting, empowering. Otherwise we risk getting too much onto our agenda, onto our
0: list of goals and KPIs. What do you think? Uh, I do agree with you, Alex and Yang wing Right? I mean, to bring people along in the large enterprise in the design process is important. But I do kind of jealous a little bit about Jenny. I do believe in order to really operate design in a very different scale, means like a different role, like design as a service or design as a strategy component for the company, is have to be up And that depends on the senior leadership's kind of design literacy. And I think, I don't think it's only healthcare, but I think a lot of companies still underestimate the power of design or how to use the design in general. Like I can almost definitely say tons of leadership still think design is a good ice on the cake to make things look nice and beautiful, but forget about that the experience is not only how it looks beautiful. Is how designer use their power to understand, build empathy, and grow into the organization, and come out with the solutions that bring everybody together. Come out with solutions that solve the problem. And I think that is a unique role the designer are playing. Because I mean, if we go to the traditional Venn diagram, what almost every designer would use is to think about the great design solution. Is not how good it look, right? It is how does that fit for the user. How does that fit for the, for the technology visibility? How is it going to be viable for the business? I think there's a really a department or any functions in any organization. We want to look into this cross section and call that as a good design or a good product. Right. And we are in a unique position. However, I mean, again, I feel like Apple is Apple is a cliche here, right? But why Apple is so success by sale under Steve Jobs because he's Understand the power of that intersection and willing to push the boundary. And I think that ironically, there are many senior leaders who want to be Steve Jobs and referencing him. But let's look into the organizational structure. How many of the design designers or leaders into the position in the organization to make the influence? So I'm happy for you, Jenny. At least design has been valued very much in the strategic level in IBM. That's where the designer have the senior leaders sit, right? Influence the decision, influence organization. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think the trend is coming. You can see from the fintech, you can see from other industry, but I would say healthcare still area have opportunity to grow in general.
1: I think design inherently has this problem also of definitions because some high-level executive or a team can onboard design expertise and receive maybe very little out of it. Some research activities, maybe something just got repainted, and they kind of feel that that's all there is to design. Important for senior management decision makers to understand the sort of design expertise is this Swiss tool, Swiss army knife that has so many tools in it that can change your organization, learn better about the end users, create beautiful things, desirable things. So when you're growing expertise of design in your organization, you need to be sure you're using all of those very different tools and that you empower people to impact many things in just this one thing. It's sort of like if you buy a very advanced car, but you're just not using it. It's just standing in your collection of cars in a garage it's a hypercar, it could do so many things, but you kind of need to let it get on the track. You need to let it kind of drive itself to pick up kids if it's smart like that. Just one one note I wanted to make
4: there on it. Coming back to the intersection between the business and design, and you can probably tell that I'm a marketer because I'm going to ask this skeptical question. How can we calculate and maybe we'll go to Jenny first, because I know IBM and embracing design organization-wide. How is it possible to calculate the ROI on enterprise design?
3: I think there are many. Firstly, yes, it's very hard to measure. Secondly, I think there are also different ways to think about how we can actually measure an ROI or measure the success rate of a good enterprise design. And one of the things that I can, again, share... And it's my attempt to make it a little bit more easier to understand is that if you want to use a matrix, right, this could mean things like measuring efficiencies at work, right? So if you think of enterprises, ultimately everything that businesses do, it just comes down to two objectives, right? Either you're making money or you're reducing your costs, right? So how do you make money and how do you reduce your costs, right? You need to improve efficiency somewhere, right? Optimize processes somewhere, right? And this is where I find that how we as an organization has started migrating to using Slack as our internet communication tools, where I can see how our efficiencies are improved. And I'll give an example, right? For Slack, well, one of the interesting thing is that you can integrate many tools into Slack, right? So this means that you can work on many things on the Slim platform, right? And communicating, reaching out to your colleagues has actually become a lot faster. Not just that, but you can also integrate Slack with project management tools such as Trello, right? So you don't have to be like going all over the place, you know, opening up multiple tabs on your window, right? And then trying to look for things, right? And you can even store things on your Slack. Like I could just, Actually, I copy and paste this Zoom link on my Slack so that I can just click it and I just open it, right? So if you think in terms of efficiencies, it can actually improve, you know, how quickly people get certain tasks done, right? Like maybe just go back between maybe another like two to three years, actually five, six years ago, I was actually using a Google tool called To-Do List, right? While that's good, that's actually not integrated to part of, my enterprise experience, right? Cause Google is a standalone tool, right? So now that we have all these things integrated, right? It feels like, well, actually not that I feel, but I've actually worked a lot faster in the process. So that's one way of measuring it. Yeah.
0: I think Tom, you were asking the Holy Grail for every designer. Okay. If anyone can answer this question, I think the person deserves a Nobel Prize.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's why I said it's very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult.
0: Uh, However, I do feel like, I agree with Junie saying like, you know, start from efficiency would be an easy entry and very meaningful way. But I also feel it's a very dangerous, slippery slope. If designer is focusing on efficiency and the cost. I think, like I say, it's an easy major starting point. But along the journey, we need to consider how do we switch our role into value generation role? Because if we are not switching, then there will be always solution cheaper. There will be something faster. And I think there's sometimes this is a myth into this kind of business thinking that every, I think there's a belief, right? If you can, there's always, you can major almost everything, right? If you can major, you can improve. But I mean, I'm fundamentally questioned about this. It's not like I don't believe. I think, yes, we need to have some index to really measure it To in order to measure the performance of the team. I got it, okay. By the same time, I think that's a hard part of design because design is not a pure technology or science. There's a huge part of designer's job is empathy and the human part, right? So let me kind of posing a crazy question. Can we measure trust? Can we measure love? I don't believe so. Or can we measure any of our feelings? For instance, well, can you measure how beautiful Ferrari is compared to a Toyota? I'm not sure that anyone can measure it, right? That's where the design is so ambiguous by itself. Like it could play a big role in one way, like in car design, like they are the creative director, almost like a god. Right? You want their eye to define the direction. Of course, that is one extreme end of design. By the same time, there will be an end of design is really operationalize it, and which is a big topic nowadays for a lot of company called design apps. I think both are important. Not that I want to diminish one or the other, but I think it will be dangerous to go into one direction without taking care of the other. Because if everything is measurable, that also means it can be processed. Uh, how do you say? You can Build a process to replace it. That means we can argue that AI can take over the job. Then why need you? And this, I think, the human part is the part that is need to be always infused and bring to the table. I totally agree to that. We need to
1: consider a broad perspective. But sometimes, by starting with improving operational efficiency, we kind of win the decision makers over. You know, at STAR, a lot of times we're called in to specifically improve a product. And maybe the original ask might not be grand, but through the process of getting to the bottom of the issue, really doing the user research, understanding the product, we uncover areas for not just improvement, but for new revenue streams, transforming the business, looking outside broader. I think there's a, Sort of, you know, like a, a major example of a company that is very focused on optimization uh, would be Amazon, highly looking into how to optimize every little detail. But what would be the revolution for Amazon? What would be the move for them that would really double the business or open a massive stream and win over, if we look at a completely different perspective, and win over loyalty from newer generations? Not being perceived as a company that maybe has not the best track record of uh, treating employees, staff. That's another thing, hard to measure. The longer the duration of something is, like brand loyalty, the harder it is, sort of, to measure, but something to consider. What can companies do today so that people believe them 10 years from now, that they continue putting their hearts uh, and souls into using these tools? Uh, in their daily jobs or personal lives. I think that's considering that long-term perspective is very important. And uh, it's the harder it is to measure, of course, the less likely it is a priority for a business. But it, it has to, because as we see, a lot of very professional electronics companies might be going out of business, although their tools are perf- perfect and processes are perfect. But winning over the hard part didn't work out. Uh, so I totally agree with you that considering empathy, and it's our job to look into it.
2: I think by the end empathy as a like a root cause, you could okay, you can discover many things from there. But traditionally, if we only focus on like a typical process and the constraints, maybe it's hard to like uh, really go beyond of the current process. I think another values that design could bring in is. Somehow we are trying to create new meanings, right? Even though the process is still there and many things you still need to follow, but how could you bring new meanings? How you could like, uh, transform how people perceive this kind of process and how you could not only follow the rule, but also think beyond the rule and even create new rules. So I think this part would be the important part, not only for... Enterprise, but also for the users.
4: Very good responses to the annoying business person trying to squeeze an ROI from the design team. Finally, I'd like to ask and to continue the thread on empathy, Does anybody here have examples to share where enterprise design or design at scale is having a significant impact on society? Hung Shang will come over to you here, ideally for a healthcare example. Yeah,
0: I can come up with an example. I think there are two we can think about. One is the EMR system, electronic medical record system. I think before all this is all paper-based, as you can imagine, right? I think nowadays almost every government or like almost every, you know, developed country building this kind of EMR system that allow the record can easily transfer across different doctors. That actually prevent a lot of unnecessary misdiagnosis then, you know, because the data can be non-metrics with each other. It reduce a lot of labors to transfer file from one to the other, right? I think that's a huge opportunity for us to keep double down on this one. I would say an opportunity coming up, I think it's even broader than the enterprise. It's almost like an international one. Is how do we ensure that the COVID vaccine passport is deployed, you know, appropriately. And that is a tricky one to deal with. And if anyone can come up with a solution and lead this effort, we will have a huge fundamental impact about our life and our society and really remobilize everyone.
2: I want to emphasize the importance of geographic information system. So obviously nowadays we use the most, it would be the navigation. Uh, but obviously geographic information system would be, there are much more potential beyond just for navigation because And there are many data still based on the location. And for example, like uh, for urban plannings, for architects, or for many other builders, or uh, even like a traffic controllers, they also need to rely on this kind of geographical data. But traditionally, this only belongs to the professionals, right? And nowadays, with all the sensors, with all the like uh, automotive uh, new sensors on the cars as well, and IoTs, and even like a consumer app, like uh, any maps applications on your phone, you could have much more opportunities to really collect all these things, even including the weather. So I think this would be something that far beyond traditional usage, because tra- traditionally this only belongs to the pr- professionals. But right now, with this access, actually you can do many, many new things, even many new startups build on this kind of geographic data. So, I think this could be considered like based on the empathy that people would traditionally just need the guidance for where they are or how could they do something within the like uh, nature or like uh, in the cities that they could leverage this kind of new technologies and go far beyond like just a typical geographic information.
1: One example that was a little bit um, unexpected. One of our projects with SAIS uh, around a remote eye exam that was started before COVID and which gained a lot of success within SAIS, and as they deployed, changed kind of pretty differently, uh, pretty dramatically with the outbreak of COVID. Because previously designing remote tools for doctors and patients made sense. But these days, you realize that that project that your team worked on is has so much more impact and value, as it's becoming so risky or not possible to reach out to a physician to get some help in various contexts. I think that kind of transformation, although it's of course because of the bad reasons, we want COVID to go away as early as possible. But I think it pushed a lot of a lot of change for good that will benefit people that are and countries that maybe dealt pretty well with COVID challenges, but still it's a very lasting positive impact for people to get medical help, mental help in areas that are maybe remote, and it sort of democratizes it all as well. I kind of love seeing impact like that.
4: Okay, guys, I think we did a fantastic job of diving into this. Large topic of enterprise design, defining that and then moving through all these different tendrils of that topic, e.g., the challenges and the impact and the ROI. Now, I specifically enjoyed, Hung Shang, your part where you spoke about divine not being a science and how, if we're trying to measure divine, then we also just tried to measure love. I thought that was a really nice point. Alex, your point right at the start regarding getting away from the defining something by enterprise and changing that to des- design at scale, I thought was quite impactful. Yenwei sharing about how design can challenge people to transform or what they see or understand of the process, and even thinking beyond the rules or making their own rules. And then finally, Jenny, your point about people inside big companies being threatened by the fact that people want to change or upgrade. Some software they've written, for example, I think is very important for designers to be aware of. So, with that, guys, I want to thank each of you for coming on to the episode and sharing your divine related wisdom. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for having us. Pleasure, guys. Thank you, guys. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I feel like we really illuminated the topic of enterprise design to the extent that we even defined a new definition for the word. Of course, I want to thank all of our guests, Jenny, Hung Shang, Alex, and Yenwei, and I want to thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please go to Apple, search for Shine Star in Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review. We take on all the feedback and we'll be incorporating that into future episodes. Thank you for listening.